Welcome to Not Dead, your survivalist guide to the modern world. My name's Cass. Um, this week we're talking about traditions. I'm joined by Craig and Arthur, as always. Hey. And... Or is that ho ho? <laughs> hey ho. Um, and so yeah, we're going to be talking about traditions. So like, we're going to be looking at the good traditions and so like, what also how to survive these like even if it is a nice tradition and you're a bit bored of it how do you like grit your teeth and get through it but as well traditions that are a bit problematic and what to really do with those uh but first hey greg where are we buddy so this week we have donned our v for vendetta masks because we all love that movie so much and we're underneath uh parliament Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got we've got a little bit of a problem because you know we've we've come to to blow it up. But I don't know if any of you out there have ever tried to lift up like you know he- heavy heavy explosives. But th- I mean that that shit's heavy. But because of social distancing, we're just having a bit of trouble like lifting it. Mm. Um, so, so we're having a bit of problem here. So, if anyone wants to come help us out, um, just yeah, just yeah. But, but how how do we? So that's that we're having a problem that we need a solution to that that we're at, we're struggling with here is due to, due to uh, the the tier two lockdown. I mean, we're not even from the same households, so we're we're breaking some we're breaking some rules. We here, technically lads. shouldn't be under Parliament together right yeah. now because we're not in the same household. Yeah, we're not and even I mean, in the same the- bubble. Oh, Ulf is not even. He's not even in the in, in the UK bubble, so I don't know what you're doing here, bud. I think I think they would overlook. Yeah, I think they would overlook us trying to blow up Parliament. They'd be like, "Hey, what are you doing? Tier two lockdown. Do any yeah. of you live together?" I mean, the police would probably be like, "Actually, yeah, I agree with you. I'd blow them up as well, to be honest, <laughs> mate. Like, it's just a bit of a mess right now." <laughs> what is his cop voice? Oh, that's my cop voice. Like, that's it. Oh, oh you know, about our day. Our day, you know. It's a hard day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit tough out there, mate. It's tough out, out there. A lot of nonces. A lot of nonces. <laughs> that's Alpha's. That's Alpha's <laughs> line. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm not even sure why we're blowing up Parliament with big, um, like, big barrels of gunpowder. I'm sure there's an easier way to blow up parliament that's like lightweight now. Like this is 20th, 21st century. But but if there was, someone probably would have done it. That's true. There is a tube line that goes under, not that I'm giving people ideas, but there is a tube line that goes underneath parliament. I feel like, isn't that in James Bond? That feels like a James Bond plot line. Oh my God, that is a James Bond plot line. (laughs) Um, but yeah, we're doing the, um, I, I think it was tradition that we chose the barrels of gunpowder, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just to be tradition, cause we're British, um, and we need to keep to our traditions, our long standing proud traditions. Um, we've done, we've done the gunpowder route. Yeah. I mean, we could have, we could have gone dynamite, maybe some C4, uh, yeah. drones, just drones. <laughs> And then we could have social distance as well. Like, oh. But I, I hey, when, we're traditionalists here, so... One minute, I, just, I love it when people talk about, like, <laughs> conspiracy theories and they're like, how are people like, oh, yeah, the government, they're going to take over, like, and you're going to be controlled and, like, oh, all this stuff's going to happen. What, 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 what are they going to do? How are they going to do it? 
And then like you just see this kind of look in their eyes and they're like, cyber attack, drones. And it's like you you don't know how any of these things work, do you? Like, drones, it's just gonna be dr- it's gonna be the drone. Well, like, it's, it's gonna okay. be Fatima. Yeah. Is if it's once once, <laughs> once Fatima gets into cyber, we're I'm, fucked. I'm glad that you mentioned Fatima. <laughs> Uh, that that pretty belongs in our politics one, but that's a, like uh, that. God damn you, UK. Anyway, so traditions. Like we're going to talk about some fun ones. Um, no author, do you want to start with like some uh, Icelandic traditions? And like, if we just start off on maybe if we start off on like the fun ones, the nice ones that we all enjoy, and like. Maybe we could go through like if you're a teenager and you're having and like you're attending these and like what if you don't like the tradition or like it's a bit bland, like how to grin and bear it and how to like find the fun bits. Okay. So the first fun tradition, because well, I should say the Iceland only has fun traditions, but uh, the first <laughs> fun tradition I, I do want to address is that Iceland does not have the one Santa Claus. Ooh. Iceland has Dude, 13. Do you get 13. Do you get loads of presents? Because that sounds fun. Well, in a way, yes. So let me explain. Okay. Um, it all started back in the heyday of Iceland when everyone was dirt poor. And <laughs> um, much has changed so, since then with their tech billionaires, uh, as yes. far as the eye can see. Yes, and and our banking, which is just so badass. <laughs> Uh, Sam wants to set me on fire right now. Anyway, um, so there was a lot of uh, stealing, let's just call it stealing. I can't find a, a decent word to try and be cheeky about it, but there was a lot of stealing and a lot of things went missing from households. Mm-hmm. And so people would blame these different Santa Clauses for stealing meat or stealing fat or stealing, you know, food, <laughs> basically. And then at some point, there was um, the Santa Clauses who were nicking all these foods and things out um, out throughout the month of December, which was the hardest month to survive mm-hmm. in. Um, yeah. They had a change of heart. So they decided Aww. to give back. Yeah. Ugh. They decided to give back to the children of Iceland. So from the... It is the night of the, I'm going to say the 10th, no, the 11th of December. Children mm-hmm. put their shoe out in the window and every Santa Claus that comes into town puts a little, is supposed to give the child a little um, treat or, you know, it could be something, a small trinket or something if you behave well. It's basically parents bribing their kids to behave up until Christmas. Um, so if you behave well, you'll get like, some kind of trinket. If you behave poorly, you'll get uh, a potato or coal, <laughs> you know, or oh, so nothing. is this inside the house? This is inside yeah. the house on your windowsill. Because I had like yeah. this kind of romantic idea of like, it's just, it's on the windowsill on the other side, outside the house and passers-by will just leave like sweets and stuff. as like a cute idea. Uh, no, no, this is, I, this, is in, this is inside your house. And um, yeah, I, mean, I realized that your shoe would just be filled with snow. yeah yeah pretty much and i mean let's not forget that i lived on like the ninth floor as a kid and i'd always ask my parents like how does the santa claus get up here like does he climb the building how does that even work so what was their answer uh they they made something up but my thing was also 
that they wanted to keep my window closed. So, you know, to conserve heat. And I was like, no, the Santa Claus can't get in if the window's closed. So I would always open the window. Oh my God. Like your parents just having like a nightmare with you. Like, for God's sake, we need heat or we die. Could you not do that? But I want sweets. I want Santa sweets. Yes. And I mean, and the, the problem, see, now there is, sadly, I have to, I do have to mention this, that there is a, there is a problem with this tradition because our schools are there i there are very few private schools in iceland especially okay. for children yeah so you will have a mixed economic or affluential level you know of kids in the schools mm. and some parents are fucking insane and have in the past kids have gotten like ipads now the thing yeah. is this tra- this tradition is like this is for trinkets and knickknacks yeah. These are just yeah. like small, like yeah. You know, I, I yeah. was just gonna say. So this is like this is like a thing before, like this is just like a little thing before, like a main present, right? Yeah, yeah. So this right. builds and people up, are giving so, iPads. Yeah, like what are you? How, what are you gonna follow that with, dumbass? <laughs> especially, especially since like this tradition starts off. This starts off like in early December when schools are still going. Right. Yeah. And then like towards the end the school shut down for christmas break right mm-hmm. and at which point you can just do whatever the fuck you want but it's really difficult you know for some kids to come in and i mean imagine you know you're talking about what did you get you know what you get in your shoe and and people are like oh i got you know these clementines and mandarins or you know i got a snickers bar or something which mm-hmm. you know definitely trumps a mandarin let's be fair and some mm-hmm. asshole like oh yeah i got like a switch game you know it's like or they got an iPad or they got like a new iPhone or some shit. Just like, yeah. what? So it's, um, it, it's meant to be like just a small little trinket knickknack thing, but some people take it just to the extreme. So mm-hmm. that's, that's very poor, but I really love this tradition of putting your window, uh, your shoe in the window and then just leaving little knick- knickknacks and trinkets in there. So that was, that was my little thing. Um, that's one of, that's one of the, traditions that i really love about iceland yeah that's cool um, so that that's one um and just to just to finish off kind of the christmas uh tradition so in my household um like the last the last santa claus would usually always bring us something a little bit nicer so i remember one year i got like i've got a it wasn't like a big massive lego set but i did get some legos at the end like the last santa claus gave me a bit of legos and that was that would, that would be really stoked Legos are always appreciated. Any sense yeah. is listening right now. Damn straight. Um, but um, so yeah, that was that. You know, that really made it fun because you know Christmas were here. We kind of like yeah, you know, it's Christmas and you know got a little Lego set. You know, it was fun. It's nice. So um, there's one other tradition in the Christmas in the Christmas periods which I do not like. Oh, and uh, it, it's not that it's a bad tradition. It's absolutely not that it's a bad tradition. It's just. It involves cooking a certain type of fish that smells absolutely horrible. Right. Okay. So my family was not, my parents were not keen on that. They did not enjoy that fish. So we went, um, cause we lived in an apartment building and if only one person were to cook that fish, the entire apartment building would stink. And then right, okay. we had multiple people cooking that fish. So our apartment building would reek to high heaven. So we would go out to eat. Now, 
growing up in a not very affluential household, going out to eat was a very, very rare occasion. So yeah, this was a very big treat for us. So this is why, you know, so instead of going and enjoying uh, that delicacy of a fish that everybody cooks over Christmas, we'd go mm. out to eat. So that was another thing that I, you know, I really enjoyed. That's cool, Dave. So like how that. we survived. So how we survived a, a tradition that we didn't enjoy and didn't want to partake in. We did something else that was more appealing to us. Yeah, it's it, it, you. You kept within the tradition, but you adapted yep. it for for like yourselves. Yeah, um, that's cool, dude. Um, so because we started on uh, Christmas traditions, I'll probably continue mm-hmm. that in a bit. And like, I think as well, like I think we could probably talk about like what we interpret as like the purposes of these traditions in a way because like traditions always come from somewhere like there is a a reason why this started like even if it's like a tradition in your friend group like like for instance you guys call me Cass so Mm -hmm. it's not like you probably wouldn't call it a tradition but it started one day and then like it just continued um Mm -hmm. I think I introduced myself as Cass so that's how that happened (laughs) but it was like from somewhere else like before um, yeah, it was, but, it was already uh, how, a thing before I knew you. So, yeah. How was that, how did that even start? You were, you introduced yourself as Kaz. Why? Uh, because in school, so my my surname uh, sounds like casserole, which right, then yeah. became yeah. my nickname, which then got shortened to Cass or Cassie yeah. or yeah. Goat, because <laughs> Goat uh, is short for casserole. <laughs> um, face became but, a thing for a while. The face. Oh yeah, but that's that's just because your friend fancied me. Just <laughs> because you have a beautiful face. I mean, yeah, I mean, can't you tell? Oh, <laughs> listen. Um, but yeah, yeah, you can hear it's like my defined <laughs> cheekbones. Uh, so I want to talk about like two fun traditions that we got in in England that I haven't actually done, but I want to go. Like, I do want to go out and do them at some point. Uh, so like obviously we've got like the Christmas traditions. Um, so a similar one to the one that Ulfa's got, we've got advent calendars over here. So and I think like across like I think a lot of the Christmas traditions that we have uh come from Bavaria and from like that kind of area. So they're very Germanic. Um so the tri- bringing the tree inside, um, things things like that. Um and I mean, we'll talk about, I do want to talk in like a little bit about how like traditions in England were kind of killed and then replaced with something else. And so like there's the way that we think about traditions isn't just a binary thing. It's actually you're looking at like the difference in politics as they change uh, and the tr- difference in society. But just to go on a fun one, we're sale. With sale is freaking awesome. And I can only explain it as people getting drunk in a pub, which is a firm British tradition. Oh, yeah. Um, so with sale, basically, I think like it's mainly done in the north of England now or, or like areas where, um, or even like the West Country. So areas where there's a lot of apple farming and they're famous for their cider manufacturing. And basically you go to the pub and like you're in the pub. And you get drunk and you've got a special um, sharing glass, which is called the, it's, it's the sharing glass, but it's the Vassail cup. And it's traditionally carved each year from like um, a apple tree. 
And so it's got this big ass, um, it's like bowl in the middle, which is where you put like your cider and you've got, uh, even it's traditionally three handles on this. So it comes out in like a little tri tripod thing, or sometimes you see them with four handles. And the idea, like, cause this is a sharing cup. If you're holding it out, you're always, your handle will always be pointing at someone so that someone else can take another handle. And it's meant to be that you share it between, uh, between everyone in like the group because it's, um, traditions tend to have a lot of sense in community as well. So it's mm -hmm. about bringing people together. And like I was talking, um, to Ulfa about this before we were recording, like winter traditions are normally, it's about bringing like, it's about that body heat. So lots of people are together. You also bring wood together and start a big fire and you do like all this stuff together and like you've got food and stuff. So it's all, it's collectivism because finding food in the winter is difficult, but lots of people finding food to make a bigger haul is a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Uh, but so you're drinking the stuff and then you get to the point where you're just drunk enough to be up to a stupid, to be into a stupid idea, but not too drunk to fall mm -hmm. over. And the wassail king or queen just calls out to the orchard and you all go to the orchard because why the fuck wouldn't you at two o'clock in the morning when you're drunk on mold cider. Uh, and what you're doing in this orchard is you're basically giving some cider to the spirits of the orchard to like the orchard tenders before you to like the spirits of like apples and so forth. And so you pour some, some cider on the ground, but just remember how are the spirits going to get the cider on the ground? You silly fool. Like that's, that, that's ground cider now. You're not going to be able to drink that. So can I just, I just want to see if you can guess, just guess how you would leave cider in an orchard so that the spirits can get it. Just, just think drunken British logic here. Okay. As well, whilst you guys are thinking that cider is like, uh, it's like mold cider. So it's got cloves and it's got like other stuff in it. So it's like nice, hot, nice. like really sort of like spicy cider, like not yeah. spicy as in like hot spicy, but like spicy as in like, it's got clove, um, it's like cinnamon and stuff in it. So how though, how they would give it to the, oh, how, how far does this date back? I mean, this is an old pagan tradition. So yeah. you did have like. You did, and because it's about cider, you did have farming at that time. Mm -hmm. So, like, you would have like some sort of agricultural technology. Um, you wouldn't have like a spirit drip feeder though. Like, yeah, there's not I'm, a pipette somewhere. Where, like, the I'm trying to are, think. Like, I'm trying like, to think. Like little hamsters. Logic. Like, think about them. Like, I'm, like, I'm trying to like <laughs> hundred year, hundreds and hundreds of year old logic. How would they logic this one? I mean, this is pretty much like like when you hear it. You're like, oh yeah, like I can, I can see being drunk in the pub and having this as a, as a good idea. Would they like, would they hang it up for the, I don't know. They might hang it up. Like, Orpha, what do you think? You got any ideas on this one? Um, well, I always feel a bit like a bit of an outsider because I haven't much experience with this, to be fair. I mean, I don't think anyone like it's it's very fringe societies in England that have experience of <laughs> this. <laughs> no, I mean, and, and additionally, like the whole like the consumption of alcohol. I mean, I I do get it. Like the like we talked about um, on on many occasions, the 
by Christmas markets and the mulled wine guy. Mm. Okay. So, I mean, I, cause I don't drink alcohol. So like my, my best friend is the hot chocolate person. Yeah. Like the hot chocolate stand with the whipped cream and, you know, and all these little extra thingies that, you know, you may or may not like. And I mean, I'm just like, just give me hot chocolate and whipped cream and that's it. I'm happy. I don't need sprinkles. I don't need the, any of the extra stuff. Yeah. The mold wine, actually, just to sort of pick up on that. And like mold cider by saying virtue, because we're talking about this, but the way, the reason that mold wine and mold cider is a tradition at those times. And like, this is the logic. It was always the, the worst wine. It was the wine that's gone off or the cider yeah. that's gone off. So what you're doing by putting those cloves in there is you're masking the taste of it going off and mm -hmm. it's winter. So you want something hot. You don't want something cold. So yeah. like, cause like that's basic. Like if you look at all Christmas traditions, like it's about stockpiling uh, carbs and like stockpiling fats so that you can mm -hmm. like, you're getting ready to, we don't hibernate, but basically you're getting ready to hibernate for the winter. That's yeah. why you're doing this. And then like, yeah. This is just a way to do it, but I'll, I'll, put, I'll tell you how you give the spirits their cider. Okay. So there's a prerequisite to going to the, um, going to the orchard that I didn't tell you about. You need to bring okay. yourself some toast. What? And you dip the toast, because if you just dip bread in liquid, it just goes soggy and falls apart. But toast, it stays solid. It stays together. So you dip your toast in into the cider so it gets all soggy with with cider and then you hang that in the tree yes i got part of it correct yeah <laughs> so you have like soggy toast in the trees and then you're like oh we're gonna go back home now i hope the spirits don't see us and then like the spirits they just like come up and like like eating this toast and like getting drunk in the <laughs> Because you don't want to leave any cups out because they're your nice cups. You don't want to get the spirits cups. Plus, they're all spirity. No. So, like, they, they're they all ethereal. They can't pick up cups. That'd be I mad. Get their ectoplasm all over that. Yeah, you don't, I mean, you don't want that either. Oh, it's so messy. So messy, mate. Um, and then taking us away from Christmas for a second. But I do want to come back to Christmas soon because I want to talk about Krampus. Um, yeah. Because who doesn't love Krampus? Um, but another one that I do want to talk about, which is a weird tradition. And like, I think anyone can say it's weird. And that's the cheese rolling that happens in Gloucester. So cheese yeah, I rolling. think, I think like a lot of people would have seen this, like no matter where you are in the world, I think someone would have seen some cheese rolling. It, it's our equivalent of running with the balls. Yeah. Like it's the UK <laughs> running with the balls, but running with the cheese. People get hurt though. <laughs> Still, oh, dude, still have you seen it's a particular hill they run down? Yeah, as well. I have seen clips from this. There's, there's some I've seen where it is like a steep fucking hill that this cheese has been rolled down. And if so, you don't have your footing, you are. I yeah. mean, even if you do have your footing, the speed that people are going yeah, down yeah. is like crazy. So this is called Cooper's Hill uh, in Gloucester, and every spring there is the cheese rolling, which essentially it it's it's exactly what it sounds like exactly that there is a massive whip so people gather up either side of like the hill to watch this taking place uh, and like there's a there's fairs and like this big event around it and they just get this massive wheel of cheese they roll yeah. the cheese down the hill and then people just run 
they just chase the cheese down the hill so that they can be the one to catch the cheese. And then is there only, what, there's, yeah. also, there's only one wheel of cheese or there's one wheel of cheese. Right. Okay. Just just one one wheel of cheese. Like just just imagine that it's like Indiana Jones, but in reverse. Yeah. Yeah. They're like you've got the boulders being chased by thousands of indies. Yeah. Um, but like as they're running, like literally, as Craig says, like if you miss your footing and it's quite a steep um hill that you're going down, and if you're running down it, you're going at, at some speed. So you miss your footing, slip, and you'll see people just fly in the air because their knee will hit the ground and then that will just like pivot them up into the air and they're just like oh. limbs flying it's oh. like when you play grand theft auto and you just just like throw yourself and it's just like wow but people come from all over the world yeah. to do this like there's people from new zealand nepal australia america like that's that's come... what i'm saying like a lot of people are like are aware of this tradition and love this tradition but I don't know where it comes from. Yeah. Uh, as well, uh, the other thing that makes this a bit dangerous is the Hilkin Caves. So there's mm -hmm. even like a dip in the middle. So it's not like just a straight path. So as you're going, if you're like used to like running on this, on like this vertices, and then it suddenly dips, it's like, ah. <laughs> um, but okay, so where does this tradition come from? There are two possibilities. Yeah. Um, one, which is probably what it evolved into, but not the ori actual origin, mm -hmm. is um, it's about um, grazing rights. So it was like a competition to see who would get the grazing rights um, over like a certain pasture. And so it'd be a way of like competing for who's got like the best spots. Mm -hmm. um, because obviously like feudal England, like you know, the lands that you looked after were the ones that uh, were like that was your livelihood. That's how you kept like your household going. So yeah. that's how that's that. Um, but then probably the older tradition which uh, started this is once again it's for facility fertility and it's like bountiful harvest. Apparently, so like before that, you'd roll um burning bundles down the hill because them pagans they love fire. Um oh, so yeah. you love a fire. You have like burning bundles of hay, but in that you'd also have like other things like cheeses, flowers, like bounce, like your bounties of the earth. And it's like, this is like a really, like throughout like pagan traditions and like, especially in England with the Druidic traditions, giving something back to the earth is a big part of that. So you've taken something by farming or harvesting something, but you, there's like part of the, Druidic tradition is that you might have temples or like maybe not a temple but like a little shrine in the woods somewhere which is basically just you've adorned something with like twigs and flowers and stuff and you'd leave offerings there like breads and fruit and something like that and it's like to it's like make good with the spirits like you see this a lot in um this is one of the things that I really like about um Studio Ghibli and how they tackle tradition like the different ways in which um cultures look at their traditions like if you look at um my neighbor to my neighbor totoro um yeah. totoro is the guardian of a guardian of the forest and literally the girl follows like the tradition and 
beseeches uh, Totoro to help her because she needs to find her sister and they need to get to their mother. And Totoro, as the spirit, helps them because they've shown respect to the forest. And um, when there's a bit in earlier in the film when they, they're caught in the rain and it's like a really small That's bit, my favourite scene. Yeah, where they go underneath. Is it? Are you talking about the one? I'm talking about the one where they go underneath the the little shrine. Yeah, and they just um, bow to the shrine. Yeah, and it's like it's super small, super subtle, but like it gives you like a whole idea of the culture mm-hmm. or that they're living in as the as those kids. And like it, that's what this sort of thing comes from. It's like the same thing, but rather than. Uh, it's like the bowing to the spirits. It's it's an offering that you put on, so like an offering of food. Or yeah, I think I think Miyazaki is very much because you see that again with uh, Princess Mononoke with yeah. the little tiny spirits there as well. Mm. Yeah, like I really like the way that he tackles um, he tackles uh, like tradition, those spiritual traditions of like forest spirits and like house spirits and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, like it makes it really real. Um, but yeah, those are, those are two traditions that I thought like were quite crazy. I haven't actually done either of these, but like, I think they're really cool (laughs) as like weird things. Like you've also got like traditions in England as like, I mean, we'll talk about other traditions because I want to talk about like how this changed because these are more pagan, but when you get to like later traditions, like it takes a different feel. Um, Mm -hmm. Craig, have you got any traditions that like, you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I've actually got two that are sort of like related and very topical because of when this episode comes out. So mm. uh, just briefly want to touch on All, uh, All Souls Day and mm-hmm. uh, Dia, Dia, uh, Dia de Muertos. Uh, I'm butchering that because I'm not Spanish in any way. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, these these are two holidays that, are, that we're going to be publishing this episode on November the 2nd. And mm. and this is when those those holidays take place. Now I don't know too much about All Souls Day because I know it's like a European thing, but I don't think it's a thing we really do here in the UK. No, um, but it's but as far as I'm aware, it's very similar to like Dead of the Dead, which I am weirdly more familiar with just through like media because mm. like uh, Dia de Muertos is like this very bright, colourful uh tradition where and uh, you honor the dead and like it's the same for for all souls day where you're just uh you have a specific day where you're just honoring the dead and i just think that thing that's like just a really nice thing like i watched coco recently and i'm just like oh i kind of want to do that just like like on this specific day um you you set up uh an altar called an offrender and like they have like these really colorful skulls and all of these flowers and you have the these pictures up of the family so that when they're in the afterlife they're always remembered so they can carry on living like as long as someone remembers them in a way mm. um but but it's that um it's not something i'm i'm like 100 familiar with like like i said it's just uh it's it's this big celebration uh of of people we've lost and stuff and i i think it's just, just nice to remember the family that we've had or, or like, you know, our grandparents, parents, parents and stuff like that, because yeah. I, I don't even really know my family history that well. 
Uh, it goes basically, I know who my parents are and my grandparents and maybe a bit after them. Um, mm. <laughs> but that's as, that's as far as I remember. I don't know about you guys. Well, Jebediah Young. Uh, <laughs> Jebediah <laughs> Young uh, was the founder of France um, back in um, 1812. Uh, no, like, yeah, literally, like, I got my grandparents and then... I I do know my great grandmother because she was still alive mm. on like my dad's side. Yeah, and I know where my great grandparents on, or at least two of my great grandparents on my mum's side are buried. Mm -hmm. But I don't I don't really know past that. Yeah, how about you, Alpha? Do you do you know much about like your history? Because I, I feel like this is like this is something that can you can do to like you can trace your family back and you have these photographs on your little altar. And then you can you can honor them and remember them. Uh, mm. I do think I do that? No, I'm do just saying. Like, do you remember? Like, do you know much about like your like? Because because that's what I'm saying. Like this this sort of tradition allows you to really trace your sort of family history and know where you came from um, mm. because mm -hmm. you're constantly like remembering who these people were. Um, like like because it's and it's like a it's a really old tradition. It it dates back to like three thousand years. Um, right. So like yeah, it's just like I can't I, I can't mean, trace my family history back a hundred years, let alone three thousand. Well, Iceland does have a very good record system, mm -hmm. and we have been able. Or um, and let's see, here's the thing: we all have, we've all had parents, and I'm I'm just guessing because this was so. This was so common for me that, you know, you'd be living your life, doing your thing, and your parents would say something to you. Yeah. And then two days, <clears throat> a week, two weeks, a month later, the parents claimed they never said whatever it was they said, or that they didn't say that that way, or, you know, and they changed completely what they said. And you're like, okay, do you feel kind of, so you're basically getting gas, how are you getting gaslit by your parents? Um mm -hmm. Because I remember this quite clearly, that at one point, my mother comes home after being uh, having done some genealogy, and she says that she's found out that, you know, we, we have an ancestry, ancestral roots to Norway, and then mm -hmm. we have another leg branching off, and it goes to Scotland. Right. And this, this guy was like the 11th child of some mediocre baron or something up in scotland like there was this like he was the eleventh child he was never getting the throne and their fiefdom or, or area rule was just tiny and insignificant so he decides to branch out go to iceland and stake his claim there and try and be be somebody well he listened to wasp a lot i wanna be somebody be somebody to i think blackie lawless wrote that about my family to be honest yeah, i can see that um, i can see that so happening Many years later, when I venture on my own to Scotland, I inquire about this with my family, only to be told that my mother never said this hogwash, and this was never anything that she, you know, she can't even remember now, and it's been so long since she looked at these records, but definitely no. No, she doesn't remember, but she definitely never said that law something. So, yeah. I don't know. Like I thought I was descended of Norway and Scotland. Turns out maybe I wasn't. But yeah, uh, going back in people I've met, 
I know my great grandparents on one side, and that's basically it. So I know my um, I know my grandparents on my father's side, and it basically stops there. Mm-hmm. And my on my mother's side, I'm a little bit more aware of my family, but mm-hmm. again, it, it, I don't go anywhere back than great grandparents. That's mm. it. That's where it basically stops. Everything mm. else is pretty much from books and um yeah okay whatever research i've done on my own okay cool um yeah so yeah i think like you're right craig like we i neither none of us really know like our our family's past like i don't know living or like yeah uh, in any it, sort of sense yeah and it's just uh, that's what i like about like this all souls day and and dia de, de muertos i can't say it <laughs> <laughs> i get i get tongue-tied um is because like it is we we don't we don't really take the time like to really mm. consider those that are in our family in our past like we don't take time to really remember them it's sort of just like and then and then it's just like once they're out of our memory it's just like that's true as long as that person's in your memory like they'll they will kind of always exist in a way whereas like if you don't tell those stories about this person then they will just fade to time like we had like Mm. that's that's basically what history is right it's just like constantly telling of these stories so um we we kind of in a way without really without really meaning to we kind of forget our own family history but i don't really know like the origins of like my where where Osborne comes from, mm. like I'm English, but the origin of, of the the name Osborne is very much not English. Yeah, yeah. Like I I know for my family's um, my family names. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is a is descended from a Scottish clan. Yeah, but. Um, I know that that side of the family is actually Roma, so uh, yeah. Roma Gypsy. Uh, so I don't know what the Scottish clan comes in there. And then on the other side, I know that like the the origin of the name comes from a village in the north of England, mm. uh, because like when so the way that like surnames came about in England was the yeah yeah we spoke about it before did we yeah. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, but you can explain it. Okay, yeah. So like it was like um either it was like you were doing a job, so you were Thatcher. You mm. were a Thatcher, which is why your surname's Thatcher, or you were bake you were a baker, so you you were named after the job you were doing. Very original names there, very original. But then even more original are the people who are just like, Well, we all come from the same town, so we'll just call ourselves after the town. Mm-hmm. And so that's the way like some people have got like these other nicknames, uh, these other surnames, which is um, is just the name of a town. So like one of my names is just this town in the north of England, and I'm I'm always like, oh, that just sounds so incesty. <laughs> well, I think uh, so. My name, I know we're getting off of traditions here a little bit, just uh, but my name means divine bear, which is pretty fucking cool. That's pretty cool, dude. Um, but my first name is Craig, which I'm pretty sure is just like really lame. <laughs> it's just like, uh, it's like the peak of a mountain or something like that. Okay. All right. It's, it's like crag. Craig is Craig. Yeah. Craig is Craig. Yeah. And I think Craig is like the peak of a mountain. Mm. It's just like, yeah. yeah. 
And although my middle name is Anthony, and I'm pretty sure Anthony has some pretty... I mean, him and Cleopatra. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, Ulfa, what about your name, dude? Like, what's the tradition in um, Iceland for like, surnames? The tradition in Iceland about surnames is you're named after your father. Yeah, yeah, but where do, like, the... Like, because what we're talking about is, like, the surname... Like, people... Surnames didn't always exist. Like, surname... It, the only reason yeah. that we got surnames in England was because... Um, we needed like a way of categorizing like people and because like yeah. there's there's no, too and, many and, Johns the Thatchers. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. We um that's that's what I'm saying is you are named your last name is mm-hmm. basically the first name of your father. Oh so if yours if your if your father's name was Pete, yeah. you would be Pete's son. Oh. oh, this is so Lord of oh, the wow. Rings all of a sudden. <laughs> oh my, what well, I mean, yeah, he, all of this is Lord of the Rings, like, yeah. Son of glory. Wow. So, okay. So, yeah, so, so, that's, that's, so that's one of the reasons why we are able to trace us so far back, because mm. um, like yeah. you, have, you have John, who is the son of Peter, so he would be John Peterson. And then you go to Peter, and he is Peter, Tyrone's son. And then you find, then you find Tyrone, and then you just climb the tree, right? Of, wow, uh, of where they were and where they came from. Oh, I and see. I mean, okay, it, it works in our society because, again, even today in 2020, Iceland is only 300,000 plus ish. Hmm. Yeah. So it still works, but yeah, that's cool. Uh, people weren't very. People weren't very original with their with their naming of their kids. So I mean, we got surnames of... like Thatcher and Baker. I, I wouldn't say we're that original either. Fletcher, yeah, yeah. yeah. Potter, ah, we. Yeah. But, but um, yeah. So there are um, that's basically the tradition. Now, in later years, mm-hmm. it has, it, this this rule has been changed that you. Do not have to be named after your father. You can be named after your primary caregiver, even if it's your right, mother. Okay. And That's then nice. in some case, yeah. <laughs> because let's be honest here. Stereotypes come from a place. Mm-hmm. So there is a <clears throat> there is a there is a there is a stereotypical, you know, deadbeat dads, you know, where you know they don't take any part in the child raising. So why should the child be named after a person who has not had any effect or influence mm. on their life. So this is why it came in that there were a lot of single moms and they were not recognized as, you know, as that being their child, they had to be named after the father. Yeah. I got you. Change that. And um, so I have a few um, friends who are named after their last names is their mother's first name. And that then they're then that person's son or daughter. So they don't have to have okay, their father's cool. last name. All right. Hey, so we we took like a while doing the traditions. Turns out there's a lot of them. Uh, who knew? Who freaking knew? But yeah, there's quite a few traditions out there. So we were going through them. So what Craig's doing, he's editing this so that it's actually two um, episodes in one because it was actually a really interesting conversation. So we've just finished the first part now, but next week we'll get the second part to you, okay? All right, look after yourselves. Love everyone. Bye. Love you, everyone. Bye. Nine, nine. <laughs> <laughs>
This has been Not Dead, a survivalist guide to modern life. If you like what you've heard, subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast app happens to be. Leave a rating on iTunes and get in touch by emailing podcastnotdead at gmail.com. New episodes every Monday covering the weird, the outright ridiculous, and sometimes just shouting into the void.